Hi, and welcome to Popaholics, the show where dad and daughter dish on pop culture over a drink. I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall. And we're trying this again because we had some audio problems the first time. Um, it's midday, so we are. Um, I'm drinking coffee. Kate's not drinking anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I know all this st- stuff because we talked earlier. And uh, <laughs> we are going to, uh, th- we're taping the week before Thanksgiving. So we're going to tell you about a couple of things that you might want to check out. Okay. So first, we're going to talk about the movie Red Notice, which is on Netflix. Netflix's most expensive production to date, $200 million. Stars Dwayne Johnson, Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Uh, and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, it's received mostly negative reviews from critics, but it's got an 88% audience approval rating. Written and directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber, who uh, worked together uh, with Johnson on the movie Skyscraper and Central Intelligence. Central Intelligence is the one with Kevin Hart, which is sort of a buddy comedy. Neither one of those is, is great cinema, but they are entertaining. Um, a red notice, notice is a designation Interpol gives to alert police worldwide about internationally wanted fugitives. The plot of this movie, such as it is, uh, Johnson plays an FBI profiler who reluctantly teams up with the second most successful art thief in the world, Ryan Reynolds, to try and catch the number one art thief in the world, who is played by... Gal Gadot. Before she could steal these uh, priceless, bejeweled eggs that were originally given to Cleopatra by the Roman general Mark Anthony. Um, so Kate, what did you think of this movie? Um, well, I told you, I told you earlier, first of all, I'm glad you did that, uh, summary because I wrote it in my notes that I couldn't tell you one thing about this movie because I was so bored <laughs> and annoyed and that's all I wrote in my notes about it. I, I let it play. I tried to watch the whole thing and, um, I was just annoyed the whole time. Um, it didn't feel necessary. And <laughs> we talked about earlier when we were having audio issues, uh, it felt like the the whole thing is beneath the level of star quality that's involved. Um, and you mentioned that uh, you, you mentioned I say? Oh, the rock. It, it you, just you... felt like, well, I, like just uh, all three of, those actors mentioned are talented in their own rights. And so it just didn't, it just didn't feel necessary. It just felt boring and dumb. And I've seen, like you said, it combines a bunch of different elements from different action movies. So my overall opinion is don't waste your time. (laughs) You can watch better movies. (laughs) Uh, You are also saying that you, you thought, um, uh, Dwayne Johnson has great comedic timing and he's he's been in several uh, great things like you mentioned um, yeah uh, Momoa right isn't it uh, where he's the Polynesian god that sings Moana. you're welcome right he was great in Moana Moana yeah yeah and uh, then of course uh, uh, we have yeah. the one- Wonder like, Woman they all have been in right they all have been in other movies that have proven that it just this particular movie, like I said, d- didn't feel necessary. Humor, and that's fine. But also at the same time, like it does, we can be funny without being mean or sar- sarcastic or whatever, whatever. So <laughs> it was just a waste of my time. 
in case we lost part of that in audio, she was saying that Ryan Reynolds one-liners seem mean-spirited. Um, so I had a different opinion of Red Notice. I said, is it predictable? Yes. Is it loud? Yes. Uh, as she mentioned, uh, I think it combined elements of James Bond, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible. There's even a scaffolding fight that reminded me of Korean action movies. Um, so unoriginal. Uh, but it is a darn entertaining action comedy. Uh, lots of great action sequences and gives us what we expect from these A-list stars. So Johnson's impossibly cool and tough under pressure. Um, the former Wonder Woman is a badass uh, femme fatale. Looks wonderful in that red dress. And then Ryan Reynolds is impish and funny. I thought his one-liners were very funny. Like there's a scene in a Russian prison where he and uh, Dwayne Johnson are going through the meal line and this Russian cook dumps this pile of unappetizing slop on Ryan Reynolds' plate. And he goes, this is farm to table, right? <laughs> so I think if you accept this red notice for what it is, which is a big popcorn action movie, uh, action comedy, you'll have a great time. So daughter, <laughs> dad and daughter di beg to differ on this one. Yes. Um, the other thing that we talked about next, a movie that is worth your time, in my opinion, is the uh, Cruella remake that is on Disney Plus. It's not behind a paywall anymore, so you can get right to it. And it stars Emma uh, Stone as Cruella, young Cruella, and Emma Thompson as um, a woman named the Countess. And so uh, I was telling dad, basically they set up, it's Cruella's origin story, um, what makes her who she is. And I thought it was a really inventive, um fun way to do that because in the original disney movies of 101 dalmatians they don't explain why she's a bad guy that she's just the bad guy and so i thought that the remake does a very good job of um referencing that and then changing it up a little bit and there's some cool action stuff good effects there's fashion um and just seeing both of those Emmas together is really, it's really nice and, and good. And so um, I would say. Emma Thompson plays her, bo her boss, right? You said. Emma Thompson, yeah, plays a designer named the Countess. Um, and then their relationship, how that goes down. I think uh, most adults can have, have had working relationships like this before. So um, that's and you mentioned really give. You mentioned Ryan Stonehill. Is that his name? No. <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> what is his name? Mark Strong. Mark Strong. His name is Mark Strong. Um, who then he, I think he tends to get typecast as a villain or um, an antihero. Um, and you might not recognize his name, but you will, you'll recognize his face when you see him on screen. And so he is also in it. And he's good. He's never not good um from the stuff that i've seen and so yeah i don't want to spoil the movie i just think that it's a much more appropriate uh use of your time to watch cruella versus red notice okay um not really intended for young children uh but if you are if you have tweens or if it's you know an all adult thanksgiving situation i think this is a good movie to watch 
if you're watching movies. So on the other end of this movie spectrum from both Red Notice and Cruella is a movie actually in theaters right now, Belfast. Um, Sir Kenneth Branagh wrote and directed this moving, poignant movie about being a young boy in Northern Ireland when the trouble started between Protestants and Catholics in the late 1960s. Um, this movie just came out. It's our, there's already some best talk, best picture talk about it for next year's Oscars. It's a very small, intimate movie. Uh, it's shot mostly in black and white, uh, largely seen through the eyes of Buddy, uh, a young boy played by Judd Hill, who lives with his brother and parents in one of those small, cramped neighborhoods uh, where everybody knows everybody and look out for each other's kids. Um, they're a family who loves the movies. They struggle to pay off debts and they believe good people are good people, no matter their religion, which is a viewpoint that will get them in trouble as this movie goes on. Um, in the opening sequence, Buddy, who obviously is a stand in for Kenneth Branagh is uh, headed home after playing Knights and Dragons with his, uh, schoolmates. He's carrying a garbage can lid that he used that as his shield. The next thing you know, there are these angry men swarming the street, throwing rocks, tussling with residents, and Buddy's mom has to run out for him and use the garbage can lid as cover from rocks to get him safely home. So the rest of the movie is about life on this gritty street and whether the family will stay or go. Now the troubles have started. Uh, Buddy's mom, I'm going to to massacre her first name, Katerona Balfe from Outlander. Uh, bonds that the family has with their neighbors, uh, whereas Buddy's dad, Jamie Dornan, uh, is frequently away working in England, and he wants the family to move there and have a new start. And this will mean leaving, leaving his scrappy but loving parents, who are played by J- Judy Dench and Ciaran Hines. Uh, this movie is extremely well cast. Uh, I will say that uh, Buddy's parents are probably two of the sexiest parents in the history of cinema, honestly. Uh, the scene where he sings to her at the wake, you just go, yeah, that's going to happen in real life. But anyway, uh, songs of Belfast native Van Morrison provide the perfect soundtrack for this uh, intimate crowd pleaser that touches the heart. Highly recommended, Belfast. Kate, are you there? Now, can you hear me? Yeah, I can, yes. Zoom kicks me off. The call and then reconnected and <laughs> muted me while you were talking. <laughs> so what I was gonna say was that the I get the basic gist of the movie because I've seen stuff about it, but I didn't hear anything because of Zoom. Zoom <laughs> took matters into its own hands with our with our audio connection. So hopefully we're back in business. <laughs> but I do think that Kenneth Branagh is super super talented. I am. Um, didn't he direct he directed the remake of Cinderella that came out like um two or three years ago, three or four years ago? Yeah, and I think um, he didn't he direct the um, Madden from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I think he directed the um Yeah Agatha Christie. He directed Thor. He directed Thor, right? And he directed the Yeah, he did uh, the murder murder of the Orient. Where he played uh, murder on the Orient Express. He played yeah, yeah. Perot, right? The detective. Um, so yeah, he That's is very, very, very Seems talented. like what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. He knows what he's doing. And this yeah. obviously is a very affectionate uh, 
look at his childhood. Um, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah. I understand you read something in, uh, recently that was good. Yeah. So I read a book called Cloud Cuckoo Land um, by, I'm going to screw up his name. I think it's Anthony Doerr. Dare? Doerr? I don't know. It's spelled D-O-E-R-R. Um, he also wrote All the Light We Cannot See, which I have not read. Wonderful but book. Cloud Cuckoo Land is um, a really great... Did you read Cloud, Cloud Cuckoo? No, I haven't read Cloud Cuckoo Land, but I read uh, all, the, all the Light We Cannot See. Okay. And it's a story I'm reading from a website called thebibliophile.com. Uh, a story about kindness and humanity told through children across places and time in the past, present, and future, um, which was really good. I don't want to, again, I don't want to like say too much about it, but there was a lot about um, caring for people who who are your family, who aren't your family, um, caring for the land, um, finding hope in, in times that seem hopeless. And I thought it was really, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, it's kind of a big, big book. Uh, it's like 600 pages long. Um, so if you're, if you're traveling slash spending time <laughs> with family and need, <laughs> need something to read, uh, this should this should do it for you, I would say. Um, well, all the light we cannot see was I think he won the Pulitzer Prize for that. Um, yeah, and it's uh, about this blind French girl and a German boy whose paths uh, cross in occupied France um, mm. as they both try to survive. Uh, uh, I can't remember if it's World War II or at right after World War II, but uh, man, it's such a great book. Uh, all light we yeah. cannot see you it's your turn <laughs> <laughs> um well i i let's see i am um currently reading a wonderful um novel set on the uh in the outer hebrides in scotland uh it's a uh police mystery okay and um uh, I think it's called the Isle of Man. It's okay, the name of the book. It. And I'm, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the author's name at the moment, but the premise is that um, they, there are peat bogs there and they find this uh, body. Um, and they think of course, it's like somebody from thousands of years ago, that, you know, fell in the peat bog and then um, was preserved yeah. by the peat. Uh, but then when he's, they're being examining him, okay. uh, they, they find he has an Elvis tattoo. <laughs> so obviously, oh. <laughs> obviously he's not, uh, not that old and not thousands of years old. Right. And so, so then they're trying to figure out yeah. um, who he is. And the key to this is an old man on the Island who has dementia. And so he, he um, is confused Ooh. about people, about time and one of the things I really like about this book is there are novel, there are third person accounts, you know, from um, other people like this guy's daughter, like um, uh, uh, the police detective working case, and then a former detective who's a native of the island who came back. And then there are first person things from this guy who has dementia. 
Um, okay. And um, you're with him and you're with him in, uh, in lucid moments as he's explaining uh, his background and you start to figure out how this affects the case this of this missing uh of this uh, body they found so it's really really good he grabbed it <laughs> well, I, I wasn't even close um no, no. it's uh it's called the lewis man because of where he's found um on the, on the isle of lewis in this peat bog and it's by peter may and he apparently has written um several thrillers uh that are set on the western isles as they call these places so it's pretty cool Peter May, the Lewis man. Mm-hmm. Cool. I don't know how I got the uh, Isle of Man off of that. Well, shoot, are you? Well, but um, you know, there's an I. There is an Isle of Man. We were, we were in general vicinity. Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you said you said you're not done with it yet, or you just? Uh, no, I'm about just finished it. About, I'm about I don't know fifth way into it, so I'll bring it. I'll bring it when we're on vacation. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, the only other thing that I have to talk is uh, this morning I watched the the film uh, written and directed by Taylor Swift of her um, song "All Too Well," which if you if you pay attention to Taylor Swift, some of us some of us do, some of us see it in passing. Um, "All Too Well" is a thing about her relationship with. Jake Gyllenhaal, the actor Jake Gyllenhaal, um, who, according to accounts, did did not go well, and he's kind of a jerk. Um, but we also have talked about how on this podcast, I think um, we've talked about how I think she's a a talented songwriter. She's a good businesswoman. Mm-hmm. I do think that she does tend to play the victim card um, and be kind of manipulative. That being said, <laughs> the the short film um is really good um so the original song they cut down um so now she's in this thing where she's re-releasing all of her old work um because there was drama with the old label and all that stuff right. we don't need to go into that but so she she uh re-released this song it's 10 minutes long wow um and it just goes through the whole relationship how it was so great he's super mean to her she was super young she didn't understand what was going on he's gaslighting her da, 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 da. and um so and, and also i feel the need to say it can be both it can be and like you know it it's not all his fault i would think but also at the same time like nobody's uh a perfect being um but also at the same time, Jake Gyllenhaal, because it like not just like oh you know, sorry this isn't working out, I hate you goodbye. It's like <laughs> if she's to be believed, from her point of view, uh, the stuff that we see happening in the short film is like like gross and awful to her. So, uh, so the short film stars Dylan O'Brien, who is an actor that we've talked about before. Um, and Sadie Sink, who is, I guess, one of the Stranger Stranger Things kids. Oh, yeah. Um, I have never seen things. And so she seems very talented. Um, if you, you know, if you're curious about all the drama 
because people are up in arms about it, um, as people tend to be when anything happens with Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Then maybe check it out. It's on YouTube. Well, cool. And so the name of that is... I was like, uh, from my perspective, like, ugh. Yeah, and you said... It's all too well. All too well. Um, And speaking of the Stranger Thing kids, uh, one of the movies I am super, super excited to see in the coming weeks uh, is uh, the new Ghostbusters movie, um, which uh, follows the... It turns out the, the grandkids of one of the original Ghostbusters. And uh, what made me think of this is um, Finn Wolfhard. I love that guy's name, uh, who is one of the Stranger Stranger uh, Things kids, um, is in this. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. him and his sister uh, find the, um, the original Ghostbusters mobile and all this weird things start happening out in this little town where they live. Um, and so it just looks like a hoop. Right. Uh, it looks like uh, I- it has more of the spirit of the original Ghostbuster movie. Um, yeah. You know, there was a big hue and outcry because people did not like the Ghostbusters remake that had like Melissa McCarthy um, and several right. other um, well-known female comic stars in it. I think Leslie Jones was in it. Um, I didn't think it held together. The movie held together that well. I really, really wanted to walk to like it. It has... Um, Helmsworth uh, yeah. in it as like their male secretary, Chris uh, Helmsworth. Chris Helmsworth, yeah, and he he yeah. was parts of oh, parts of him. Honestly, I it was like was I a hoot. Parts yeah. of that was a hoot, but it didn't. The movie just didn't gel very well, right? I thought, but then there was a huge outcry, you know, from people who said, I, "Oh, it's I just Ghostbusters remember. fans, male Ghostbusters fans." complaining because women are messing with their their stuff and i i didn't feel i just felt it didn't work yeah well it can also it can be both it can be like i i'm pretty sure i saw it and i don't really remember any of the remakes so i think that's not a good sign that's not a good sign um whereas with the original I don't remember the whole original Ghostbusters front to finish, but left such a big impact um, that it would be, I think it would be hard to remake it and have the remake be, you know, quote unquote better or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you're talking about a movie that had such a big impact that some years ago I went to Atlanta um for business and um visited our our uh, niece and her now husband katie and john and they took me to a restaurant called vinkman's which of course is a reference to peter vinkman who was played by uh, bill murray in ghostbusters and uh it was just there were there were all kinds of little obscure ghostbuster references in the restaurant it was it was cool Yes. But anyway, so yeah, the new Ghostbusters movie, yeah. I'm excited to see. So, <laughs> well, this has been an interesting show to get through I, because I of didn't our even audience. I know that they were making a third one. Well, it's, it's, I think it's more than a third one. I think there were like at least, <laughs> I think there was a sequel or two to the original one, maybe. Um, and then the, then the, oh, really? you know, the, 
the female one and now this one. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, this has been an interesting show for the, for Kate and I, because of the audio <laughs> problem. So hopefully we have something that's actually going to work as a recording. Uh, so, uh, want to yes. wish you uh, all a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and you know, we will be back in, um, early December. So, uh, for Papaholics, I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate I'm Hall. Steve Hall. You're Kate Hall. Go out and enjoy Turkey. I did say I'm Kate Hall. Goodbye. Goodbye.